Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Feels like there's a lot to talk about. Feels like it. There is a lot to talk about, Jimmy. That's why it feels that way. Um, because high school football started in the state of Alabama. Uh, really, I, I'd like to lead off there. I know that's not exactly why everybody tunes in, but um, I got to call a couple of games with some Alabama prospects and one Alabama commitment in Thursday night, I called Pike Road taking on Montgomery Catholic, and Montgomery Catholic has a junior named T.J. Dudley. Um, he made some nice plays. He's a linebacker. He's a top 200 player in the country, according to 24-7. Do I think – I know he has an Alabama offer. Um, do I think he looked like a top 200 player in the country Thursday night? Um, at times, definitely. Not the whole game, though. Uh, the, the interesting thing about that Pike Road against Montgomery Catholic game – was that Montgomery Catholic started a true freshman. And I keep saying that. I mean, of course he's a true freshman. <laughs> um, but um, so, I say it all the time myself. He's in the ninth they, grade. He's a true freshman. So they started a freshman, and he had uh, on, the, on their way to 34 points midway through the third. They had 34 points midway through the third. He had three touchdowns of 80 yards or more <laughs> passing. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Um, that is crazy. And especially crazy for a lefty freshman uh, making his first start. It was really, really nutty. Um, and meanwhile, how tall is this fella? He's not super tall. He wasn't six feet. I mean, he might be five nine. You know. Okay. And gotcha. I mean, he's certainly got room to grow. You can tell he has not hit that spurt yet. I mean, he will. Um, I think. I don't know his lineage, so I guess I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> but uh, Pike Road had a kid uh, that. Um, Iverson Hooks that transferred in from Realtown, and he was only a junior, and he is quick as a hiccup. He's tough to tackle, um, and he had been playing pretty well. They also have a nice running back. I mean, Pike Road's going to be pretty strong. They moved up from 3A all the way to 5A, and they are uh, – they're, they're stout, man. Well, it was 34-22 to 22 midway through the third. Pike Road was losing. Pike Road won the game 63-34. to 34. If that tells you about how things went, um, the ninth grader did hit a wall. Uh, you could tell he was just, you know, he had gotten so used to just throwing it up and letting a couple of guys make a big play that he started really forcing it. And uh, he had three straight interceptions on three straight possessions, and two of them were returned for touchdowns. So sounds like um, a true freshman. Exactly. It does sound like a true freshman. Um, and then the next game I called, and again, I want to go back to TJ Dudley just for a second. I don't know how familiar you are with him. He's got the build. Um, he's got the speed. He's got very good um, quickness sideline to sideline. I mean, real good quickness. I, I like him a lot. I don't, don't get me wrong, but I'm also not going to paint this picture that he just played. Right. When a dominating player. Yeah. I mean, he, I can see why people want him, to, and I can see why Alabama wants him and Auburn wants him. I, I'm not going to tell you that he just completely right. showed out Thursday night because he didn't. Um, but he had his moments. Don't get me wrong. He made one tackle in the backfield on a running back for um, Pike Road that is getting some love from Auburn and Tennessee. And, I mean, he he just stuck him as good as you can get stuck. So, I mean, yeah, he, he certainly had his moments. Um then uh, the, uh, I called the Pratt Bull-Wetumpka game last night. Uh, much different ball game, whereas the Thursday night game, man, it was so good to have football back. And, you know, people were kind of social distancing, but kind of not. And and everybody kind of got it. it. I think a lot of schools in Alabama got in trouble 
because um, yep. nationwide they were showing highlights from games and they showed, I think the Spanish fort game was packed. And I mean, there were just a lot of games that had a lot of people and um, some folks, you know, it raised an eyebrow. Well, I kind of got it, man. We've been cooped up for months and months and months and everybody wanted football. So um, in the middle of a pandemic, it's never, never good to do it. The, the opposite of what everybody's telling you to do, but I kind of understood where they were coming from. And then the rain came and Jimmy, it was a forest gump rain in your face, <laughs> month long rain and p- nobody left, man. Everybody just wanted to see football so bad. And this game was so entertaining because they were just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Um, and that made it fun. Well, then Friday night's game, probably when Tumka was a wee bit different, uh, I would say Ian Jackson, again, he was very, T.J. Dudley-esque. There were some times when you thought, oh, my God, he is awesome, and he's really fast. Um, But for the most part, I didn't call his name the whole game. I was the play-by-play guy, and I did not call his name very much. So, uh, again, make your own assessment from that. I'm just saying that I think Prattville is – he's not a one-man show for Prattville, so maybe that explains it too. Same thing with T.J. Dudley. They're not going to be just the one linebacker, you know, like Reuben Foster that that leads their team. Um, But they they are both very good players. I would happily take both of them in Alabama's class. Neither one of them just had incredible games, but both of them had oh-wow moments. Would you say – my question would be for someone who just watched Ian Jackson play, uh, just physically – uh, did he look? I mean, would you describe him as? God, he, he looks. He looks like a safety, or would you say uh, he just looks like a small linebacker, or is he filling out and looks like an SEC linebacker now? I'm going to say his, and this is probably an unfair comparison because I think every skinny linebacker that could be a safety gets compared to this, but he's got a sort of a right, Ralph Staten vibe to him. <laughs> yeah, right. But Ralph Staten was aggressive man and and i'm not saying ian jackson's not aggressive i just didn't see it as much right. in a particular game and um that's the danger in evaluating somebody from one live performance i mean you know Wotumka's style may not have led to uh, a right you know lead to a good performance by ian jackson so um and probably right. win the game pretty definitively they ended up winning 40 to 10 it was 16 to 3 and Wotumka was about to get the ball back. And this is a this is kind of a rule I've always disliked in high school football, although I get it, that um, it was fourth and five for Prattville. They're lining up to punt. Wotumka uh, jumps offside but jumps back in time. But in high school, if it's encroachment, it's just encroachment. You don't have the – you can't get back. You know, if you ever cross that – if you get – if you cross that line, it's five yards. Done. Prattville got the first down, the next very next play – um, they hit a, a, a deep pass for about 30 yards, and then they scored a touchdown, and the route was on. Um, Prattville does have a young quarterback named E.J. Oosley. I don't think he's in Alabama or, or really maybe even an SEC prospect or anything, but I thought he was in control. I thought he was in command. And Prattville is going to be a force again in, in the larger classifications of, of Alabama high school sports. It, it may not be this year. Where they, I don't think they're a top center who we'll see play tonight, by the way. Um, but I think I think that they're pretty good. They're in the top ten of seven A football, if you ask me. They're done in the top five though. Interesting. No, I'm just real excited about it. We're talking about real football and not the virus. And are we going to play? Are we not going to play? Heck, no. Their high school football is underway, and uh, I was very excited. All all 
Thursday and Friday and uh, yesterday morning and this morning, uh, reading about as many games and players as I could. And uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's awesome. It's underway. Thompson tonight, one of the best teams, not just in Alabama. Thompson's probably one of the better teams in the South, frankly. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. They've got talent on top of talent. Uh, other games, certainly there were out there. I, I doubt you got to see any of them, but I know you probably read up on some. Pinson Valley versus uh, Hewitt Trustful. Right. Um, Armani Goodwin had a good game for them, the Auburn commitment. I think Ar- Armani Goodwin's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Oh, no um, doubt. But, I, you know, I understand why Alabama didn't make him a priority at the same time. Um, exactly. And uh, just, It's funny uh, how some fans, fans, I want, I want, I want speaking speaking to our fans out there. You know, it's so easy for us to grasp because we're college football fans first. It's so easy for us to grasp the idea that some players are excellent college football players, but they're not necessarily great NFL prospects. Right. The same exact thing happens in high school. There right. are outstanding high school players, and they're really good at high school football, but they don't necessarily project well to college. And uh, it's the same exact concept. No different. I'll tell you another good concept, and that's rockauto.com. Go check them out for all of your car parts. Anything you could need for your car, they have it at Rock Auto. I'm talking about you need one of those little uh, cigarette lighters that you push in, and then when it's done, it shoots back no. out at you. They, oh, yeah, probably, yeah. They, they, got, they got chassis. I've told you about their chassis, man. How many more times do I tell you about their damn chassis? Um, they've got tires they've got oil you can buy oil you can buy oil there yeah it's crazy um not that that scented stuff that you're into i'm talking about like motor oil (laughs) Um, and you can buy uh tires and headlights and windshield wipers and brakes and brake pads and just anything and and the chassis have i mentioned the chassis um you sell those chassis hard I'm, i'm sure you're responsible for selling at least 10 by now yeah, my we, my uh, great grandfather, uh, Chassis Robinson, is why I'm, I'm so. <laughs> Anywho, uh, RockAuto.com, go check them out. Incredible selection and in all the parts your car will ever need. Okay, Jimmy, you're you've been in Tuscaloosa. Uh, yep. What's going on over there, man? That's a good question. Uh, you know the practice. <clears throat> follow and and we should have known that going in, in the sense that. You know, it's the first ever, first literally ever six-week fall camp. We've never had that. It's always been a four-week fall camp, and, and now this year it's six weeks. So to combat over-practicing and dead legs, they, they don't practice every single day. They take some time off. So, uh, and, 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 again, I don't really know the schedule, and since all the, uh, since all the practices are closed to the public, uh, it's not like they publish the schedule, but uh, – just, just to show, I mean, yesterday it was like uh, 3.30 and we're coming back from some errands and I'm like, you know what, uh, I'll just take a second. Let's drive by the practice field. I want to see I want to see some helmets bobbing around. And then uh, so we drive by the practice field and it's it's empty as a, as a, as a Sunday in June, you know. And uh, so I had to text one of the uh, beat writers and say, they practicing indoors today? And he's like, uh, they're not practicing at all today. I'm like, why doesn't why didn't everybody tell me these things? But uh, so no practice yesterday, but uh, just being around Tuscaloosa has been very nice. Uh, it feels like football. The temperature at night has been not fall like, but also not summer like. Uh, so th- th- there's definitely a football feel. Now, the football 
team itself and the coaches are sort of in a bubble, I guess you would say right now, the best way to describe it. So I haven't seen, uh, for as many days I've been here now, I haven't seen any uh, players or coaches around town. And normally, you know, if you're around town three or four days, you're going to bump into somebody, but but not not now. I think they're 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 pretty bubbled up. So things are progressing pretty well. Uh, we don't get as many updates as we would if the beat writers were there covering the practice in terms of injuries and things like that. But uh, overall, team appears to be pretty healthy. I thought the most encouraging thing is when Nick Saban reported that all of last year's injured guys, the LeBron Rays, the Dylan Moseses, the Josh McMillans, uh, they're all healthy and practicing and, 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 and don't have any issues. So right now, uh, everything going forward. And if we want to report some news, they don't have everywhere else. I do know that the team is scrimmaging next Saturday, that we're just one week away from the first scrimmage of the fall. And the scrimmages are huge. That's when the depth chart gets shook up. The depth chart, as many fans as love to go on these message boards and say, hey, this guy's moving up and this guy's moved up to first team. That's usually just an incorrect or an exaggeration of what's going on. The scrimmages and the performance in the full live scrimmages, that is where the depth chart gets shaken up. That is where guys move up, move down based on their performances in the scrimmage. And the first one happens next Saturday in Bryant-Denny closed to the public of course yeah i suspect uh a lot of them we closed to the public right now now i know auburn is scrimmaging today which i found man that's wow. kind of early right sure is <laughs> and you wonder how many days they've had in pads you know to get out there and hit around and and, and again my worry would be as a fan is wait that's too much too soon they're we're still five saturdays away from a real game uh you know, you just worry about, you know, killing their legs early. So, but interesting, and I'll be interested to hear how it goes. Hey, I'm excited about all, I'm excited about all football right now. There is not football I am not excited about. No, exactly. And I mean, even if it's Auburn. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't, I'm hungry for just like, hey, tell me how anybody, tell me how Tank yeah. Bigsby's doing. I, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> show me some, sc- show me some bonex scrimmage stats. I'm into yeah. it. I'll take it, man. I, it's bigger choosers and things. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, oh, thank you, sir. Just give me whatever. I'm, I'm fine. Um, I saw that Bo's little brother is the starting quarterback at Central Phoenix City and played against Hoover last night, uh, Caleb Nix. Yes. I wonder, uh, wonder how good he is compared to his brother at the same stage. Well, he's a 2022 guy. I don't think people consider him to be uh, Bo Nix, too. I think that he's more of a uh, certainly a Division One prospect at least right now. I mean, and think you know this is subject to change, um, but the rumors are he's more less of a upper tier SEC guy. Uh, could be even more of a MAC guy, but um, interesting. Again, all that is subject to change. He had a pretty good game last night. I mean, he looked pretty good. He um, he led his team to a. Uh, a lead against Hoover, you know, obviously yeah, and look, you, only had, you only had three days to prepare. I mean, this game was thrown together central Phoenix city and Hoover because the other teams that they right. were supposed to play canceled, uh, but Hoover did come back and win 45 to 35. Right. So, uh, something needs to be said about that. Um, you know, I, I, and this was Pat Nick's first game at central Phoenix city, but uh, we know central Phoenix city is not hurting for talent. They had a, a receiver named Meeks 
who had a mm-hmm. big game. Um, he's a three-star kid, 2021 guy. Um, and he apparently had like three touchdowns and over 200 yards receiving. Um, he looked really strong. That's interesting. I'll tell you, uh, the, the performance, and, and maybe it's Alabama not necessarily missing the boat because I'm so excited about our commitment, Jalen Milrow, who I think is outstanding and has all sorts of upsides. I'm excited about him. So I guess I'm just speaking to this as just one of the more underrated guys or stories in the state. But Riley Leonard at Farrab High School, yeah. he's our uh, one of our QB country guys. So I've gotten to know Riley at, uh, and his family well. He is committed to the Duke Blue Devils. And he just has a, has a recruiting story that reminds me so much of Jacob Coker's uh, yep. as to why Coker wasn't a really big deal in recruiting, yet he could commit to a really big school. And Riley was sort of that way. You might not think of Duke as as a huge Power 5 program, but a lot of quarterbacks want to work with David Cutcliffe. I mean, you know, and Cutcliffe is picky about his quarterbacks. So it's a big deal to be the hand-picked Cutcliffe guy, you know, at Duke. And um, Riley is now finally, for the first time in his life, just kind of really focused on football. He's been a really, really good basketball player for a long time and baseball and any, anything else with a ball. Riley plays and he's really good at it. And he's a smart kid and is 6'5", 220 pounds now and athletic enough to be a guard in college basketball. And uh, so he plays Spanish Fort, as we know, year in, year out, one of the best big schools in the state, a Spanish Fort high school. And. And all Riley did was go out there and hang about 45 points on Spanish Fort, threw for three touchdowns, ran for two, and then on a trick play caught a 60-yard touchdown pass. Wow. Uh, that's that's pretty good against a 6A, you know, opponent like Spanish Fort. And I think Farrop only punted twice in the game because Riley just kept leading them to score after score and it's finally focused on football. And I think by the end of this season uh, – I think the Alabamas and the Auburns and maybe a few other SEC schools are going to be looking at each other going, how do we not know about this guy? But the fact of the matter is, while other quarterbacks were climbing up national rankings, uh, Raleigh was off playing basketball. That's right. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that one really opened a lot of eyes, that game. And I think he's going to be a heck of a player. And I'll tell you somebody else, and you might be able to do some research, uh, the, the kid named uh, – I think it's Caleb Sultan. I'm I'm trying to look it up now as we're talking. That transferred into St. Paul's as a running back. Jay Sultan. Jay Sultan. Okay, I knew yes. it was something like that. Well, he yes. apparently just had a hell of a ball game. And man, I didn't get to see any film. I didn't get to see any anything. But they just showed a picture of him, and I'm like, that guy yes. is a dude. Yes, and he, I'm not sure where he transferred from. I'd heard whispers this spring and summer that St. Paul's was having a running back transfer in, and I got the impression from the transfer in part that he wasn't from around here. He wasn't transferring from Murphy to St. Paul's. You know, I think he moved here from somewhere else, Mississippi. or I, I don't know where he came in from. And then I saw him uh, at uh, at our D1 gym where, where QB Country, uh, he, he was with a pal. He wasn't there to work out. He's just a running back. And I'm like, who's that? And they're like, that's that transfer running back at St. Paul's. And I'm like, holy moly and then last night against Macadori, he was t- totally unstoppable and he's a junior he's a 2022 guy i think uh jay sultan is gonna be a thing but yeah we're just we're just kind of really finding out about him yeah um 
and I, I've been, I've just seen transfer. Like that's all I'm. Yeah. I'm like, I've, I, think he's, I don't know I where think the hell he from came Mississippi. From. I think from Mississippi or maybe Florida. Mississippi sticks in my head, but uh, I, he transferred from somewhere else. I don't know where he was before, but he definitely looks like he's going to be a thing. And but he's also running behind an offensive line at St. Paul's that features a junior that's committed to LSU just this week, yeah. Lucas Taylor, senior Ivan Schultz son of Roger Schultz, who's committed to Troy and might even be a little bit better player than that. Uh, Peyton Maples is another surefire D- Division One future offensive lineman, probably at a UAB-type level or better. So we're talking about and, – and they actually their other kids aren't small either. <laughs> so yeah. You're talking about probably one of the better offensive lines in the South in terms of, hey, all of these guys are going big time. And, of course, the – the anchor being the left tackle, Lucas Taylor, who will be a national, national top 100 player, you know, in, in the next class that's already committed to LSU. Yeah, and not only that, they moved down a classification. So St. Paul was hell to deal with before, and now try and deal with them. And good this quarterback still- too. Good quarterback too. Works with us at QB Country. A kid named Bester McFadden. How's that? Oh my god! Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Bester McFadden, a good good player. He. He had to wait his turn behind a, a couple of college guys, so he had to wait his turn, and he was behind quality, uh, and now finally getting a chance as a senior. Good, good player, six two, big arm, smart kid, leader. Uh, he'll be he'll be playing college football himself somewhere next year. Let's go ahead and take a break, Jim. When we come back, let's let's continue this conversation a little bit. There are a couple of other guys out there we can bring up. So um, another game last night. Uh, down in your area was Robert E. Lee taking on Daphne. Daphne is yes. led by a TCU commitment at quarterback, and then, of course, Anquin Barnes for Robert right. E. Lee. And my understanding is uh, Barnes had a decent game, but I, I don't yes. know. I, I, I don't know anything. I didn't see any stats. I just right. heard a little bit about that. Um, and then I know at Ramsey they uh, had a big win, and apparently Big Team Tim Keenan, who is another com- uh, guy to look out at on commitment watch. I wouldn't say he's going to be committing to Alabama at this point, even though Alabama's on his list. He seems like he's destined for UAB or Georgia, maybe. But um, he uh, he apparently fell on the ball for a touchdown himself last night. <laughs> fat guy touchdown. There was a fat, fat guy touchdown report. Yeah, big boy touchdown. Sweet. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw a photo in the mobile coverage of Robert E. Lee Daphne. I saw a photo of Barnes. What, what a big kid. I mean, he is he's big. He's built sort of funny. And by, by that, I mean, I think he's I think he's going to show up at Alabama big. And by the time he leaves, he'll be a monster. You know what I mean? I mean, that's how yeah. I think he's got to be reshaped. He's not necessarily you know, chubby or fat around the belly or anything like he's just, he's just really big all over. And I, I, I really look forward to what, what Dr. Ray and Matt blue, uh, you know, can, can do uh, David blue and Matt Ray can do with, uh, with ankle and Barnes. Uh, obviously a good player. I think he played both ways for, uh, for Robert Ely last night, defense and offense. Uh, Daphne is a pretty good team. Not awesome. Like they used to be in the old days, but, Pretty good with lots of talent. Uh, Trent Battle, a quarterback, and uh, but they lost their star receiver, Malik McLean, who would have been a top 10 player in Alabama. He transferred to IMG Academy. 
he committed to Florida State recently as a really yeah. good six foot four wide receiver. Uh, and so Daphne's missing him, although they still have they have a South Alabama commit, Travis Crum at wide receiver. They also have what will interest some fans. I don't think he made a splash last night, and who knows when he'll make a splash this year. But they interestingly have the nephew of Electron Williams, an Alabama high school football legend. His nephew uh, is a ninth grade running back at Daphne and uh, has a ton of potential. Oh, man, that's going to get you. Uh, if you just say you're even moderately related to Lictron, that's going to get you a free hot dog in Mobile. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> he was, he was that's right. car back yeah. in the day. I mean, for those who haven't followed recruiting as long as Jimmy and I have, Lectron was about as big of a name. I'm going to say in Alabama circles, Lectron was like uh, – I would say he, he would be up there with Derrick Henry in terms of the way people thought of him. Oh, that that's true. I mean, the best way I, I can describe it, uh, even though he wasn't the biggest guy in the world, but the best no, I way I can, I can describe it, it uh, about how – big a deal electron was at, at neighboring pensacola which is just for people that don't don't know the geography pensacola is an hour or less from mobile on the interstate and pensacola featured in high school one of the very best high school uh running backs in in united states um history and emmett smith so but when emmett emmett was a year or maybe two but i think just one year older than Electron. And there was endless arguments going on at the time in the area. It was like discussing who was a better center fielder, Mickey Mays or Mickey Mantle or Willie Mays. Uh, the argument in Mobile and Pensacola back then is who's better, Electron or Emmett. And that was the that was the discussion. And we and we and Electron got hurt seriously as a senior uh, at Viger. He tore his ACL. During the time of uh, of your career, when you know back then, if you tore your ACL, you were just sort of done and not really yeah. the same again. It's not like it is now. Electron tore his ACL, had I think another knee injury at Viger. So even when Electron signed with Auburn and went to Auburn, he made some plays. I remember him scoring touchdown against Alabama. Actually, uh, he but he was a shadow of what he was before yeah, before the yeah. knee injury. You're right. I mean, back like, then it was literally like um, if you got gangrene i mean it's like okay bite this stick real hard because this is gonna hurt it was it was a civil war injury back in the 80s uh you're you're sort of done with the with an acl or a ser any sort of serious knee injury it's not like now where you're like oh he'll be fine in four months and um, by the way while we were talking about all that i checked out this Jalen's uh is Jalen sultan i knew it was sultan because i was like what a kick-ass name for a running back I mean, Jay, yeah, Jay Sultan. That, that's it. So he's uh, listed as all-purpose back. They got him listed at 5'11", 195. And I want to tell you, his he's arm ripped. 195. I, I, <laughs> he's ripped. He's a he's one of these ripped kids. And he transferred in from Horn Lake, Mississippi, which is up there Mississippi. near the Memphis area. That's right. Yeah, it's North Mississippi, so that is unusual. Yeah, I mean, but, so he went. But I mean, what this tells you is this: this is the thing now. I mean. It's funny how this trickle down effect of, I mean, and we can say you can say you don't like high schools recruiting, but I kind of see the positive side to it. Like if Jalen Sultan did Horn Lake and he doesn't, and maybe somebody's ahead of him that's really good, or maybe um, he does he doesn't jive with the coaching staff. 
why shouldn't he be able to go somewhere else to showcase his wares? I mean, I don't think you should be tethered to wherever you're born um, in terms of just you, that's where you have to stay for, for high school. I mean, as long as he goes through all the proper protocol and, and whatever, I mean, I, I think it's fine that St. Paul says, Hey man, we want you here and we'll, you know, yeah. scholarship. Yeah. You know, whatever. Right. They say they don't do that. I, I don't really know how that works, but I, I just know this. I, I don't know. I know nothing about where Jalen was going to school, you know, as a sophomore in Mississippi. I know nothing about his high school there. I'll just say sight unseen. He's going to a better one now. I mean, St. Paul's, Paul's is extreme. First of all, the football program is fantastic. It's, I mean, just you're going to win. They they produce wins and Division One football players annually. Yep. The school is great. I mean, I'm talking about there's Harvard, there's Columbia, there's Dartmouth, there's Brown, there's St. Paul's. I mean, it's 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 a really good academic school that prepares you for not just college but elite colleges. And uh, so, so there, there's nothing but great things about St. Paul's. So I, I refuse to believe that kids that transfer there, there's some sort of evilness in it. I mean, it's good for the kid for sure. And uh, so good for him. I, I thought he's from Mississippi. You know, Lucas Taylor's from Mississippi too. He played his ninth, yeah, he played uh, his ninth grade season in Gulfport, Mississippi, and then moved to St. Paul's for his 10th grade season, which was last year. Um, and it's down in the 11th it's grade. Wild that you can, um, I mean, look, sometimes a ninth grader is just, I mean, like it didn't take a, gen- a recruiting genius to figure out, okay, Julio Jones is going to be a badass. I don't care what grade he's in. But, right. you know, Lucas Taylor, when I look at, um, I just look at his picture. Now, he is not, uh, um, he's a badass, apparently. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's committed to LSU, but he doesn't look like, nope. uh, he doesn't have the DJ Fluker look about it. DJ Fluker looked like a 46 year old man who had been right. working. Uh, offshore drilling things like in the yeah. ocean by himself with a mask and a snorkel and a big ass drill. That's what yeah, Luke, Luke Luke looks like he could be in a band, like the high school band, marching yeah, he band. Does. He does. He does. I'm he not does. saying he's a pud, which is, uh, I'm saying that he just, you know, if you said, okay, I mean, yeah, he looks like a football player, I'll but tell he, you who he is. I'll tell you who he is. This is a, it's, it's not a fair comparison because who I'm comparing to, who I'm comparing him to is one of the all time greats, but he's Barrett Jones. I mean, that's who yeah. Luke Taylor is. He's a Bar- he's a Barrett Jones guy. You look at him and you're like, "Are you sure he can play?" And then the next thing you know, Barrett Jones on the College Football Hall of Fame, which is where he'll be one day. And uh, I'm I'm not saying that that's the expectation for Luke. I'm just saying that Lucas is not a guy you look at like you said, Fluker, the perfect thing. He's you know you, you knew looking at Fluker, uh, this guy's going to play in the NFL, and, that, and that's when you're just looking at him standing there on the sidewalk. Um, Luke doesn't look like that. He looks like any other guy. Now, not any other guy is 300 pounds, but he, he looks like any other any other kid, and he looks his age, uh, even though he's 300 pounds. Uh, but, man, on the field, I mean, I, I've evaluated him. I, I've watched his tape a lot of times. Luke is 300 pounds and plays like he is 240. Nice. I mean, he, right. he is light on his feet. His feet are quick. And he plays with leverage. He's just always on the right. He's just one of these guys that, you know, his pancake film won't be awesome. I mean, if you look back and you're like, hey, these are the 35 best pancake blocks of his career. Uh, I, I doubt that tape is going to set, you know, colleges on fire. But, you know, the thing about him is, is Coach will tell you, well, let's see. Uh, he's played here for three years and he never missed one block. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I mean, that's it. 
Yeah, that's I mean, it. Look, I mean, exactly. It's great to have a you know, it's great to have a home run hitter at running back. But if he only right. hits a home run every four or five games, and then every other time he carries the ball, he gets two and a half yards. That ain't very good. You <laughs> That's know? exactly right. And and so I'd rather have a lineman that just knows where to be. Just don't let my quarterback or running back get killed. Those are your jobs. Your job is not to embarrass the defensive lineman. Your job is to protect our guy. Right. I think a good Alabama comparison for that is Miller Forrestall. One of my soapbox issues lately, and it's because I've been watching tape from last year, but – uh. You know, I think a, a typical Alabama fan thinks Miller Forstall's a bad blocker. Well, I, I'll I'll grant you this: he doesn't set the edge like Big Mike Mike Williams used to. You know, he he doesn't block probably as well as OJ did as a senior. You know, at Alabama, uh, he's not a physical run game edge setter tight end. But I tell you what about Miller: he is always in the right spot, and he will get in the way. I mean, his blocks just don't look pretty. <laughs> I mean, his yeah. block, his, he's not destroying people and putting them on their back. But the guy Miller is engaged with rarely makes a play because Miller's in his way. And he knows where to be and he knows how to block. And the effort is there. And I would, I would go so far as to say Miller is a pretty effective SEC blocker at tight end. Not ideal, not the blueprint, not exactly what you're looking for. But the people that think that Miller's bad, they're just wrong. He, he's not bad. He, he's actually pretty good. He's just not dominant. Well, Jimmy, that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. We will be back on Monday. Sorry we're a day late, but, you know, Jimmy's traveling. I have all these high school things to do. But uh, we'll be on schedule next week. And uh, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.